bonjour ladies and gents welcome to episode 39 of stacy's pop culture parlor 39 is a lot of episodes guys um simply because i was thinking the other day that i'm like about halfway through the number of comic racks comic racks that i did and this is terrifying because i do this by myself sort of so uh, i'm very excited to be almost 40 <laughs> joining me in the virtual parlor of awesomeness from all the way across the pond i don't know why i sounded like i had a cold when i said awesomeness then <laughs> That was really bizarre. Anyway, <laughs> joining me is the rather fabulous Taylor Esposito. Did I say Yes, you did. <laughs> Rapturous applause. Hello. Hello, how are you? I'm not too bad. I'm a little bit, Um, I might be on a sugar high from, I just ate like six biscuits, <laughs> like immediately prior to starting this. So I might be a bit rambly and I do apologise. That's all right. I like rambling. <laughs> <laughs> that's good that helps when you're on a podcast so you are a chap what does letters for for, for comics in it yes i is do damn <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing right letterers don't get much in the way of praise and things does that make you cross <laughs> no i don't care I, I i kind of like being semi-invisible i only say semi-invisible because every once in a while someone will know why i'm like why do you know me <laughs> I always get the feeling that, like, nobody tends to notice lettering unless you fuck it up somehow. Oh, yeah. Like, misspelling a word or, like, a word just trails off outside of the book. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hello. Just for the record. Yeah. Misspellings are not my fault. (laughs) I get a script and I copy what's in there. Do you know? I always feel like you get you get too much slack for that because I'm pretty sure that's also what like editors and proofreaders and things are for. Exactly. So because I was getting unnecessarily cross the other day when I was re- actually it might have been like a month or so ago. I tweeted a picture of it because it made me laugh so hard, and then I got really cross that somebody got paid to proofread this book. And it was an issue of some DC comic I can't remember which one of the Bat Family ones where somebody referred to Batman as Batman, and I was crying laughing <laughs> I was like is that like Batman's like fancy posh mother like what on a Batman oh dear but then it annoyed me that somebody got paid and didn't notice that and it's really fucking noticeable <laughs> well, to, to be perfectly fair and you know I'm going to defend some of my former uh, co-workers that book probably went out at the 11th hour everyone was tired every, you know like things happen you know contrary to what you might believe it is usually a madhouse to get things out and things do happen now i can imagine i always think it must be the hardest to be the last person who gets the book because if any other delays have happened from the people that come before then it's exactly. a case of like Ugh, cast an eye over it and throw it onto the shelf mm-hmm. right. so what might people know you from if you're willing to share that information, because people might start stalking you. <laughs> oh, please, like I care. <laughs> um, <laughs> Who doesn't love a good stalker? Me. Nobody stalk me, please. It's terrifying. Hey, I, I've only been stalked once and it was awkward enough. <laughs> but anyway. Never want to know. We'll get to that in a second. Um, uh, what people would know me from, besides just rambling on on the internet and no one listening to me, uh, I'm known for being the letterer on Red Hood and the Outlaws. Ah. Teen or Constantine. <laughs> uh, what else? What else? What else? Uh, I had started New Suicide Squad before I had to leave the company when they went out west and I stayed in on the East Coast. Mm. And Bodies. Ooh. Yes. I like that book a lot. Bodies was fun. I didn't know what the hell was going on when I was lettering it, but it was a lot of fun. I was just going to say, actually, if you could tell me what went on in that book, that would be really helpful. But the thing. <laughs> I didn't get to do the last issue. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know how it ends. <laughs> See, no, the thing is, I'm pretty sure I've read it and I don't think I really know. 
but it was good. I enjoyed it. I just, yeah. It, I know. Everything was great. I mean, size writing is phenomenal and all four artists are amazing. So mm. it was a great book, but I just didn't get a chance to finish. Oh, that's a shame. Yep, there's the first burp. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't worry, I'm keeping score here. Let's see. One. Uh... <laughs> Is it like that episode of Community where they're all making notches on the desk? Oh, uh, you're going to hate me. I haven't watched Community yet. <laughs> Gasp. Yes. I, I don't know how to cope with that knowledge. I am extremely behind on television. I, I always catch a show like three seasons in and then I have to binge watch it. Sometimes I think that's better, though, because if you're anything like me and you've got a terrible, terrible memory, it's really helpful to be able to just watch it all at once. Well, that's true. But then it becomes like, for example, I never watched Archer and then like think season four was coming on and I'm like, all right, I got to watch this show. Mm-hmm. So I binged through it on Netflix and I was like, this is amazing. I love this. And I got to, you know, to the point where season four started, I watched season four and I'm like, I have to wait every week for this. <laughs> what is this? Yeah, it just suck. What you need to do is wait for it to finish. I've got a friend who's waiting for The Simpsons to finish before he buys the DVDs because he wants a full box set. <sighs> Andy, it's never going to happen. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like The Simpsons might outlive him. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I think it might. Although with um, Harry Shearer leaving, maybe not. I don't know. Oh, yeah, no, I agree. I, we were actually just talking about that with my wife. I'm like, I wonder what they're going to do. Are they going to hire more people or just kill off all those characters? Well, this is the thing I was wondering about because he does do an awful lot of them. And I don't know that there would be like one other person who could do all of those voices so would they end up paying more people to do fewer voices if that makes sense to because i know there are a lot of really talented voice actors who could do impressions of a lot of the characters but could you get one guy to do all of them and then if you're ending up paying more than one person an awful lot of money you may as well have just paid harry whatever it was he wanted yeah i'll be perfectly (laughs) honest with you i feel before the next season starts there's going to be something about how they offered him more money and this and that, and he's going to come back to the show. So I don't, I'm not worried mm. about just, it yet. You do know? you still watch it? I don't really watch it. Like, again, I don't watch it when it's on, but you know, I have the, uh, I don't know if you have it over there. FXX. It's um, like a channel that just shows all the Simpsons shows yeah. ever. Like I'm just watching that. So I'm watching like marathons every night, but I'm not watching any of the new stuff. <laughs> I was going to say, I tend to try and watch the new stuff, but like, I suppose the problem for me is that it's not, it hasn't necessarily got bad in the sense that a lot of the jokes are still very funny and a lot of the situations are still really interesting, but it's just like, how many times can we see Bart be mischievous, but then be a little bit good, but then just be Bart again? Or how many times can you see Lisa be a bit sad that she's got no friends, but then it's okay, but then she's sad again? And, you know, like how many times are we going to have Marge leave Homer because he's a bit of a dick, but then go back to him because, oh, it's Homer. Like, there's not, there's not much they can do anymore and it's getting a, a little bit tired but it's not bad it's just yeah i feel like they should retire it soon but i don't think they will i'm just imagining my friend like on his deathbed waiting for an amazon delivery of like 70 seasons of simpsons box set (laughs) yeah i i was tempted to start getting the box sets and then they announced the um they weren't going to make them anymore i'm like oh well what am i going to do now Sell the ones that you got before. Um, well, luckily, I haven't bought anything yet, so I'm just waiting for the the final set. Mm-hmm. Mm. I uh, got mildly annoyed by those weird sets that they started releasing that there were that were the shapes of characters' heads because they drive my OCD crazy on the shelf. Oh, they look like shit from the side. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just me being weird. Anyway, this was a terrible introduction, and I apologize. No, it's all right. 
got got into the rambling straight away. So anyway, to to sort of move on into more sensible territory rather than just rambling about whether or not The Simpsons is any good anymore. Do you want to crack on with talking about something that you've recently seen, read, done, looked at? <laughs> mm. I have visions of you stroking your beard. I don't know if you've got a beard, but... I, I shaved. I just have stubble right now. Oh. Um, hmm. I can't think of it. How about you just pick a topic and I'll jump in? I love it talking anyway, so... Okay, well, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure the entire geek world has now seen Avengers Age of Ultron, so... <laughs> Uh, it would be remiss of me not to talk about that movie. All right, let's talk. I, I haven't seen it yet, but I, I'm aware of these Avengers you speak of. <laughs> well, okay, you'll have to let me know if I'm getting too spoilery for you then. Oh, no, go ahead. Um, but I saw I saw the film on uh, the opening night over here simply because I kind of, <laughs> whenever there's a film that comes out over here before it comes out in the US, I always pounce on seeing it almost immediately. Just And I don't do it so that I can spoil it for people in America, even though that's frequently what they do to me. I just do it so I can be like, ah, I've seen it, you haven't. Ah, ha, ha. Well, yeah, it's like, ha, ha, I saw this first. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm a mean school child um <laughs> so we, we went to see it opening night and it was it was a really weird film to come out of because overall i enjoyed it but when i actually look into it and i still really enjoyed it but when i actually look into it there's so much wrong with it <laughs> well i mean like i said i haven't seen it but and i'm probably gonna get crucified for this i'm not a joss whedon fan yeah, I think he's he's overrated. Like we're, we're gonna get lynched. <laughs> yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Like, I I saw the original Avengers. Well, it was good. Uh, it wasn't that great. Like, I I wasn't like blown away by it. You know, I found other movies to be better. But yeah, like I was never into Buffy. I've never seen Firefly. I w- I'm willing to give it a shot. You know, I'll, I'll give Firefly a shot. But like, I was never into anything he did. So I was just like, eh, you know, like mm. just doesn't do it for me so i could see where you're probably coming from with this one yeah i I did hear that ultron is a little sillier and i'm like but ultron is just a scary nut job like (laughs) well see i i quite liked where they went with ultron because they sort of give him a bit too much of tony stark's personality so he's he's very reflective of the worst parts of tony if that makes any sort of sense um so i quite liked that he was that he was quite funny (laughs) The main problems that I had, and the biggest one is the stupidest thing that means nothing to the film, but it drove me mad, was I don't know if you've seen like the trailers and the promo pictures and stuff, but for some mm-hmm. reason in this movie, Black Widow's suit has now got like bright blue lights in strips on it. Oh, the Tron suit. Yeah, and it drove me insane. because, And there was one scene in particular where she was trying to stealthily walk down a dark corridor and literally everything around her was glowing blue. And I was like, she's a fucking spy. Like, I know she's an Avenger now, so most of her work isn't going to be spy, espionage type stealth work. But what's the point of those? There's literally no point in those. Her suit looked amazing beforehand. She looks amazing anyway. It just drove me a bit bonkers. I was like, what, what have you, what, is this just because you feel like everybody needs an update and you didn't know what to do with hers because it's just a black cat suit? Like, <laughs> well, I, I thought it was more about just like kind of amping her up because she didn't have it the whole movie, did she? Uh, most of it, yeah. But I, I mean, I guess it's like, well, she's fighting killer robots, like shooting them is not going to help and she can't punch them. She'll probably break her hand. <laughs> Like, you know, like, I'm not saying, like, as a woman, like, anybody. Like, I would have punched Ultron. I'm probably going to break my... <laughs> yeah, uh, that would be a mistake, I would I would assume. 
it was a really weird decision, I thought, because it didn't it didn't make any real difference. Like it didn't look like it did anything in terms of making her faster or stronger or using it as a, a weapon. It was just it was just well, stripies. <laughs> didn't she have like batons or something like that? Yeah. Like maybe they were like channeling power to the. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to make sense of it. I don't know. Yeah. That that would make sense, but I didn't notice it if if it did, which is mm. weird because you'd think they'd make a point of making that distinction then. But I don't know, maybe that's just me. The, uh, like <laughs> another problem that I had as well is that they seem to have put all of the CGI budget into Ultron, who did look straight up crazy temp banana pants amazing. But the Hulk suffered. There's an opening sequence where they're all having a fight in like a snowy forest situation oh yes i saw the commercial yeah and it's 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 bad it's really bad <laughs> i was no, watching I, it and i thought like because it's the opening sequence as well i was just thinking i hope this isn't what the rest of the movie looks like because this looks like a video game cutscene. Like, it's not good at all <laughs> i mean to, to be fair it's like i feel every time there's something with the hulk people complain about the cgi and you know fairly so like the original <laughs> hulk that, that hulk was terrible yeah but then even like the the norton one you know which people have revisionist history with that because you know all the marvel movies are great i'm like yeah i remember when nobody liked hulk but me but anyway um you know like everyone complained about the hulk in that movie too like the cg and it's like i don't think that's that bad i mean here's the thing like i can forgive bad cg if the story isn't grossing enough you know like for example spider-man 2 the CG compared to Spider-Man 3 is probably not as good, but I never noticed any issues with it. When I was watching Spider-Man 3, I was like, oh, God, this looks awful. But it was better CG. Yeah, it didn't make any sense. It, do you know what it probably was? It was probably his floppy haircut. I actually, sadly enough, watched Spider-Man 3 the other day because I was at home by myself, curled up on the sofa with lady pains. Ne- never whilst... ever do that. <laughs> you need to call for help. When you do that, <laughs> no, because what happened was I was like everybody, everybody I knew was at a barbecue having fun, so I was curling up in a ball, feeling sorry for myself, and I couldn't really be asked to pay attention to anything, so I didn't want to like put Netflix on and watch a film I haven't seen before. Yeah, so I was just flicking channels, and it was on. I thought oh, I'll just watch this then. I don't. I remember not hating it as much as everybody else. Oh God, it's bad though, oh, yeah, isn't okay. it? But the problem is, I genuinely think that those scenes where he's being an absolute asshole would be so much more bearable if his hair didn't look like a slightly askew toupee. <laughs> like it genuinely looks like it blew in the wind like and, and twisted on his on his head. It's ridiculous. That, that movie, like, I'm torn on it because, you know, and to be perfectly honest, I don't think Tobey Maguire was a great choice for Spider-Man. As much as I like the movies, I don't think Sam Raimi's the best choice for Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, he, he proved me wrong with two movies. Like, he did two great movies. So, you know, I think there was something good there and then all that interference of you have to get venom in there and this and that and like something happened i don't know what happened that it all got you know whatever but like i think there's a kernel of a good movie in there like if you take all those scenes where he's just being a jerk and just make but instead of making him a jerk just make him like sadistic you know like straight up destroying property being a like like Do you remember the animated Spider-Man from Fox in the 90s? Yes. Yes. First of all, I I know he couldn't punch anything, but remember when he gets the black suit and he almost kills like Shocker or Rhino or something like that? Mm -hmm. That was essentially the movie. They essentially did what Spider-Man 3 did, but so much better, especially considering that it was 
you know, cheap animation and he couldn't punch anybody. <laughs> it's like, why didn't they just do that? That would have been a better movie. Yeah, it was the, uh, it's, I think the problem is, is if you'd have got a slightly better actor who could pull off the cockiness of those bees, it would have mm-hmm. been so much better. But because it's Tobey Maguire, he just looks like a bit of a sad loser. Exactly. Having a bit of a dance and it's like, oh, I know, you know, I know Peter Parker's not supposed to be all that particularly popular, but yeah, you just, you just look weird, mate. <laughs> well, it's funny though, because after that movie came out, I always, I started saying, you know who would have been a great Spider-Man in that series? Topher Grace. <laughs> I said that when they announced that they were making Spider-Man movies before they announced Tobey Maguire mm-hmm. because I kind of I, I just I always thought that Eric from that 70s show was pretty much Peter Parker. Oh yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so I was like, um, yes, please. So I was a bit sad and that he wasn't. Thing too, everyone gangs up on him for his venom. Oh, your venom, his venom's terrible. I kind of liked his venom. Mm. I didn't have a problem with it. I mean, it was a little over the top at some points, but you know. He doesn't really do anything as Venom, though, does he? He just sort of gets the suit and goes over to... He gets the suit, he kidnaps Mary Jane, and it's the same ending yeah. as the last two movies. <laughs> I tell you what, Mary Jane in those movies drives me insane. Like, uh, not not to put my feminist hat on this early in the game, but... That's yeah, okay. Oh, my God, she's such a fucking annoyance in this movie. Do you know what drives me mad? Is in this film, you're supposed to be annoyed at Peter for not knowing what's going on in her life. But at no point does she ever fucking tell him. No, exactly. Like she never says to him, "Oh shit, I lost my job today. Oh, now I'm going to have to go and be a waitress at this like sleazy jazz bar." Or it, like she literally, she expects him to know, even though he's off like saving babies from burning buildings and generally being amazing. Well, it's like, like I can, I, I, sorry, go, oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, it's alright. I was just going to say I can understand why she gets cross when he snogs Gwen at that key mm-hmm. to the city stuff because. I'd be cross if my boyfriend snogged anybody, let alone a super attractive bird like her. But mm-hmm. Aside from that, she's got no real cause to be that mad at him. There's no... Well, what, what I was going to say, it's like, yeah, she's mad at him for not realizing, you know, that there's something bothering her or whatever. And, like, you know, it, in a real relationship where someone's not a superhero, it totally makes sense for, like, if I come home from work and I'm all happy and my wife says, you know, like, she gets upset at me because I don't realize something's bothering her. Yeah, I'm a jerk for not, you know, <laughs> realizing something is bothering my wife, but... <laughs> This guy has like bigger issues at play and she just doesn't say anything. You know, it's like, just say, I'm not doing all right, Peter, or whatever. And it's like, just, I mean, a part of it is I just thought the two leads in those movies were badly cast, like extremely badly cast. I mean, I don't, I don't think, what's the face? Oh, I've totally forgotten her name. Uh, it's the first movies or the new one? Um, in the Raimi movies. Oh, gosh. Oh, um- Kirsten Dunst. There you go, Dunst. Uh, for some reason, I just kept thinking of Kristen Stewart, and I was like, I know that's not her. That's another mopey faced lady. But um, they're both just as bit like with the with the emotion. Yeah, not she's fair. just such a wet blanket. Yeah, and that's her biggest problem is Mary Jane's got sass. Well, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> I, I I get that they couldn't make Mary Jane exactly like the books because you know they only had three movies instead of thirty years. But it's like Mary Jane is like the life of the party who's trying to hide all the pain and. Never once did I get that from these movies. No. She always looks sad or cross about something. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Except in, in two when uh, Doc Ock is coming after them and she just looks confused. Like everyone is scared and she's just like, what did, am I did looking I fart? At? Like- <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, I love it. Anyway, Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got way off. Yeah, we're... Oh, anyway, that's what happens, though, when Lady Pain strike is you make terrible decisions like watching Spider-Man 3 again. Anyway, I was going to start going off on that movie and Sandman then, but I won't. That's, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, so the, the CGI with Hulk, mm-hmm. <laughs> going all the way back to like 20 years ago when I mentioned that, oh. was uh, that like the problem that I had was that it wasn't as good as the first Avengers movie. If it had been the same or better, I'd have been fine with it not being as good as Ultron, if that makes any sort of sense. But it feels like they took a step backwards from Avengers somehow for no real reason in order to make Ultron look like top tits. Uh, and he does. He really does. But, yeah, I just I just think, like, the Hulk is one of the least believable things in that movie anyway. You kind of need to focus your efforts on that because I know they use a lot of CGI budget on Iron Man as well, but you can you can make fairly realistic-looking, like, metal well, suit stuff. I think stuff. that's the thing. I think, it's, I think it's just always easier to make things that don't look like flesh and blood yeah. better than, you know, than metal or something, you know? Mm. Like, you look at, you know, and I hate this movie, but you look at the effects in Titanic, you know, which is what now, 20, 20 years old? Yeah. And it's like, the, the ship breaking apart is amazing. Yeah, amazing. Terrifying but, and amazing. But it's a ship, you know, like, all you got to do is make it look like a ship, not like with the Hulk where you have to show him breathing and muscles moving and... Hairs it, wafting around. Exactly. Like, <laughs> it, I give those, those people credit. They are amazing craftsmen, but sometimes it's just... It's just outside of the realm, you know? Like, it's hard to do. Mm. I, like, my biggest problem with this film as a whole was that it felt like, it felt like one big video game, which, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I feel like in some senses could have been good, but in the sense of this movie, it felt too much like it was all action and no real plot because they were trying to set up a ton of other stuff. Like, they just threw in, like, a load of stuff about Wakanda for no real reason that could really have been cut out just mm-hmm. because of Black Panther well, and things coming up. And... Exactly. Yeah, and um, there, was a, there was a whole scene as well that I never understood uh, where Thor has to get the Norwegian science guy. Oh, what's his name? Flip. I can't remember. Anyway. I, I know what you're talking about. Scientist yeah. man from Thor. Uh, he goes to get him to take him to a pool that makes him have a dream that's not really all that relevant to the movie. And I felt like it was only in there to remind us that this guy exists and he's going to be in Thor. <laughs> I was just yeah. like, I was just like, oh, come on, guys. Let's have a bit of story. And then there was an annoying part where... Black Widow gets captured and like I'm not saying women can never get captured in movies but and I understand that in terms of the Avengers it's more believable that either she or Hawkeye would get captured because they're the ones without powers and Hawkeye spent most of the last Avengers movie being Mm -hmm. technically captured so they probably didn't want to go with him again but it just annoys me that she was a bit damsel in distressy Black Widow's not a damsel in distress like even when she's in troublesome situations she's not like flapping waiting for somebody to come and save her and that really got me cross by the way now i do have to say i'm picturing uh black widow like olive oil going help me (laughs) she pretty much does she's just like sat in a dungeon being all like when's someone gonna come and get me and i'm like no fucking get yourself (laughs) silly bint get out of there yourself uh yeah that made me cross and um there's a really massive spoiler that i really wanted to like mention but i don't want to ruin it for you okay well this movie brings in quicksilver and scarlet witch 
Mm-hmm. Both of whom have terrible accents, but that's not really the problem. <laughs> the problem is they spend a lot of this movie telling you about the stakes and how they're not all going to make it through this and, like, this is a big deal situation. Someone's going to die and you're going to care and it's going to be horrible. And then they just kill off one of them pair and it made me really mad because I was like, don't tell me that there's stakes and then murder somebody I don't care about <laughs> Like, we've spent, like, barely half of a movie getting to know this person and I don't really care and now you've just offed them. And it's like... Okay. Was that... Was I I supposed to care about that? Like, I I heard about who dies, so I know. So that's all right. But, um, you know, these these movies, they they always find a way to bring people back if they really want to. So I I wouldn't worry too much. I mean, it's still kind of dumb, like... Oh, we need to make the stakes higher and someone's going to die. It's like, yeah, you know what? You don't need to kill somebody off to make the stakes higher. You can have someone lose a hand. You can have someone become paralyzed. You know, like... Lose an eye. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there are ways to make things work, you know, instead mm. of just completely killing off characters. I think what made me mad about it was the fact that they really hammered it. It was like, <laughs> not that I, like, I'm bitter about this at all, but this drove me mad, was way back in the fifth Harry Potter book. Is it the fifth one? Where there was the first, like, major death. J.K. Rowling went on and on and on beforehand about how you were never going to know who it was and you wouldn't see it coming and it was going to kick you in the fanny. It was going to be so, like, oh, my God. But then she spends the entire first half of the book going on about how Harry would die if this character wasn't around and how Harry didn't know if he would cope if this person wasn't in his life anymore. And Harry was so happy that he had this person around. I was like, oh, he's definitely dead. He's straight up dying later. And it made me mad that she sort of like like don't don't tell me for a start don't tell me somebody's gonna die because then then i'm expecting it so i won't really care that much and then also don't tell me somebody important's gonna die like the stakes are really high we could lose captain america or something and then just off quicksilver i've just met (laughs) yeah well that was the thing like everyone was talking about how i think they were like oh cock guy's gonna be killed off and this and that so like all right right off the bat you know that's not gonna happen because there's Joss Whedon. You're not gonna, he's not going to do what you're expecting him to do. And it's like, all right, well, he's off the table. All the major Avengers who have movies are off the table. And Black Widow's not going to go. So I was like, well, who's left? Well, we didn't really know Samuel Jackson was going to be in it, you know, like to what extent. Mm-hmm. And they just basically killed them all. So they're not going to do it again. So who are you left with? You know, you're left with like... Maria Hill and the twins. It's like, well, one of them is going to have to go. <laughs> like, like, come on, yeah. this isn't rocket science. I think the the other thing as well is that if he if because. As soon as, as soon as, I think it's Cap mentions that, you know, all the stakes are really high and we're probably not all going to make it through this one. As soon as he said that, I was starting to think, well, it's not going to be you and it's not going to be you. And it got to a point where I thought, in the situation that it's in, it's going to be one of the twins. And I don't think they could feasibly kill off Scarlet Witch because everybody would go mental at the fact that there's not that many women in these movies anyway. (laughs) Don't off one. (laughs) They're not going to kill a woman. And she's the more interesting one. And like, She's basically a huge plot device because you can use her to do almost anything with her yeah. power. Mm-hmm. With Quicksilver, it's like, well, he just runs really fast, you know? Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't think it's it's that huge a thing. Like, Nah. It just annoyed me because I, of the pair of them, I preferred him. I know my hubby was of the uh, the opposite mindset where he, he hated Quicksilver and he was like, when's he going to die already? <laughs> 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 Whereas I was like, oh, he's got, oh, no. Oh, well. Well, it's funny you say that because um, I'm just reminded uh, 
when I watched the old Batman movies, you know, when, when Rachel was played by Katie Holmes, I'm like, oh, God, I wish he would kill off this character. Yeah. <laughs> and then by the time, like, I'm like, no, why did they kill him off? He was actually worth something now. Like, oh, I really hate picking on people because of their looks, but holy crap, uh, what's the face? Looks like a trout. Oh, I just can't. <laughs> well, see, it's like her actual looks, it was more like, you know, you cast certain people to be believable in certain roles. Like when you want a wise older person, you cast like a Meryl Streep, a, a Glenn Close, things like that, right? Mm-hmm. So when you're casting someone who's potentially supposed to be taken seriously as a lawyer, why do you cast Katie Holmes? Yeah, <laughs> like, I think she constantly looks gormless. That's the problem I have with her is that when I say she's got trout face, I mean she constantly has like a slightly downy mouth like perturbed doesn't really know what's happening yeah exactly like to me her best role was in go because she spends most of it drugged up off her face Mm -hmm. and she looks it and it's fine (laughs) that's a really mean thing to say sorry we're we're just talking like from an aesthetic standpoint you know we're not like Mm. insulting anyone here well at least try not to <laughs> i did think it was weird that they swapped her out for somebody else though. i thought they'd just write her out because i always find it odd when somebody new is playing someone in the middle of no i agree stuff but... like it's really weird like i'm supposed to just accept this is the same person when it definitely isn't <laughs> but there's the thing for, for me it didn't take me out of it is because her performance was so much better it's like well whatever you know <laughs> but also like she was so obviously like like she was Chris Nolan's mouth, you know. She's like, "This is what's going on," and I'm beating you over the head. I mean, I love these movies. Don't get me wrong, but I'm beating you over the head with what I want you to know, and it's always coming from her, you know. Like, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I I didn't mind it too much, and it's not like she was a character I especially was looking forward to. Not like Joker or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Hey, speaking of, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> have you seen the latest Suicide Squad? I have. I- just just to sum up Avengers, I liked it, but I didn't. Okay, moving on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I could go on forever about that. So, okay, let me... What do you think about these pictures of, of Suicide Squad, particularly Joker? Well, here's the thing. First of all, I am not making any opinions of anything until I see this movie. Mm-hmm. Like I do with everything, because it's stupid to criticize something before it comes out. You don't know what, what's going on, you know, like... Everyone did the same thing with Ledger. Oh, what's this? What's that? It's like, <laughs> um, how about we wait and see? Because they proved this wrong with that. And Anne Hathaway, who I, I'll be honest with you, I really am not a fan of Anne Hathaway. And I saw her in that movie and I was like, oh, wow, she played Catwoman. Like she got it right. So I, I have stopped criticizing anything until I actually see it in play. Yeah, I'm the same because I uh, I always use Heath Ledger as the <laughs> mm-hmm. as my as my example of this is that I've learnt my lesson from just deciding things before I see at least a little bit of a trailer or something. Exactly. The only problem I had with the photos was that everybody who isn't Harley, Joker, and Croc, mm-hmm. I had no idea which one was which. All the blokes just look like random playable characters yeah. in like video games. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing with that. Like, I look at that and I think. They're all prisoners from a maximum security prison. They're not going to give them all their, like, gear and, like, new clothes and stuff. Like, Mm. this is probably supposed to be, like, a dirty, dingy movie. Like, here, this is what you get. Make the best of it. Except for, like, Deadshot. I guess, like, they they trust him enough to give him his gear. Like, you know, because they show, like, Captain Boomerang has, like, his boot taped up and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, this is probably 
in the movie. You know, like everyone freaked out when they saw the Joker with no shirt on and one glove. And everything. <laughs> Do you know, that picture actually didn't bother me that much. The only thing I didn't like about that picture was the forehead tattoo. Yeah. And you know what? I'm sure there'll be a way to remove them. Later. Like, I'm I'm not worried about it. <laughs> and I'll get back to the tattoos. But like, have you seen the more recent pictures? The, the sort of on set ones where it looks like he's wearing a pink shirt and braces. Yeah. 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 With the with the tie and everything. Mm-hmm. Like it's not the purple Joker suit I was looking forward to, but it looks good on him. Yeah. He looks like the Joker. I'm willing to wait and see. Yeah. When that first picture came out with the tattoos and everybody went bananas and the internet broke, I actually really liked, aside from the stupid forehead tattoo, I really liked that picture because at the end of the day, as long as that man looks like he would fuck you up, and he definitely did, oh, yeah. then yeah. I'm I'm happy. Like As long as the Joker looks like he'll murder a bitch, <laughs> then I'm happy. And he looked like I wouldn't want to bump into him in a dark alley oh, or, no. or a brightly lit alley for that <laughs> Fancy my chances. As long as the essence of the character is there, I don't care how much they change it. Like Hawkeye in the movies does not look like Hawkeye. No. But he's Hawkeye. It's like the Turtles movie from last year. Everybody goes, man, they look like roided up messies. Yeah, but they act exactly like the Turtles, so who gives a shit? I I saw that movie with my friend who is an insane Turtles fan. And look, I went into that movie with low expectations because, you know, it's a Michael Bay thing, (laughs) Megan Fox, all that stuff. But watching that movie, independently just like without having any other thoughts in my head about it that was the turtles yeah it's really good (laughs) maybe you don't like the designs maybe it's a little over the top but those four turtles were who they were supposed to be Mm -hmm. and i enjoyed it and you know here's the thing to it it's a kid's movie that movie is being made for 10 year olds today we had our turtles movie 20 years ago or 30 years ago whatever (laughs) we had our shop We had our movie and, you know, it was what it was when we were kids and now this is it. And, like, that's the thing. Half the time, everyone freaks out. It's like, yeah, maybe you're part of the target audience, but these movies aren't being made for you, you know? Mm-hmm. These movies are being made for the next batch of kids. Mm-hmm. Do you know, that was the exact thought I had when I watched the um, Gem and the Holograms trailer the other day. Exactly. Because I hated it. I'm <laughs> like, I'm not going to sugar the pill. That trailer looks like Gash. <laughs> I am so the opposite of interested in that film, which is really sad because I really love Gem. Mm-hmm. I was younger and I was excited by the idea of them having like a weird cross between a girl band movie and a weird sci-fi holographic situation so that'd be mm-hmm. really cool but when I watched the trailer like I got sad because I wanted to see the sci-fi element and oh yeah you want to see synergy and the ear yeah. like, I, I get that you, you can't know? be gemming the holograms without the hologram <laughs> like, that's not here's how it the works. Thing too. here's the thing too it's what is it a minute trailer two minute trailer mm-hmm Maybe they don't want to show that yet. Maybe they want to get people into the seats because, like, look, this is a movie about a girl band. And then they just hit you with everything when you watch the movie. And they're like, holy shit, that was amazing. It's, you know. Because the the trailer makes it look like a sort of fairly safe film about a girl band that get quite big and then one of them breaks off from the others and everybody gets sad and then they have to reconcile at the end and it's all happy again and like that's absolutely fine because that if that's what people want to see that's absolutely fine it's just it just saddened me because it wasn't my gem but yeah no and i get that but like you say it's it's not it's not really made for me like i can't i actually genuinely can't imagine many people my age and older going to the cinema to see a gem movie anyway (laughs) so it's it makes an absolute sense that they would try and aim it to a more teenage audience i mean here's the thing if the movie comes out and it's it's exactly what that trailer shows 
and there's nothing else, then I'll be like, all right, well, why couldn't you just name this anything (laughs) else (laughs) and just make the movie, which is fine, you know? But, like, I feel like we have too much access to everything nowadays, so it's like nothing can surprise you. Mm. Here's the thing. There is no gem in the holograms cartoon right now. All we have is the comic. And if your kid going to the comic book store to read the comic, that's great. But for the most part, I don't think the general audiences know who it is, you know? Mm. So if you market this movie about just girls and this and that, and like you, and it gets you the girls to get into the theater, and then you hit them with something different, like, you know, you actually go all out and have synergy and, and her father's computers and the mother and all this stuff, it's like... Now you've just surprised an audience with something and it's like, oh, wow, I didn't know I wanted to see this, but I'm glad I did. Mm -hmm. I hope that's what they do, because there was a vague, there's a vague hint at one point in the trailer. She rubs her earrings and says something along the lines of it's Showtime Synergy. And I was like, who the fuck are you talking to? I got really overexcited. That's the thing. We don't know what that's in reference to. Exactly. Maybe, maybe it is the computer and they just didn't want to show it yet. You know, I hope it is. I would love that. Imagine how weird that movie would be. <laughs> the biggest problem I had with that trailer was the fact that the music seems terrible. Oh, yeah. No, like, well, I'm watching the trailer, and I was kind of okay with what I was seeing, but then they're putting in, like, this pop song. Like, you know, it was not even songs from the movie. It's just general pop songs that I hate. Yeah. Like, what was this? Like, this is an opportunity to just, like, have all music from the movie, or at least have... Even if you didn't do that, like they put in, what's that group of moronic teenage boys I can't stand? Oh, that uh, could be one of many. One Direction? No, the, that's the one. <laughs> Fucking hate them. <laughs> like, oh, God, and they hate I, each other, apparently. <laughs> I don't care. I'll just let them all, like, beat each other up for all I care. <laughs> like, if you want to put in, like, popular music, by, at least put in all music by female artists to kind of make the point that this is all girls, you know, like, putting that song in didn't make any sense to me i was like this this is backwards yeah the one thing that uh like that i really hope for the movie is if they don't go the whole actual holograms and synergy and computers route i hope they at least have the misfits in there well that's the thing because they weren't in the trailer at all were they i no, they weren't and when they cast juliette lewis i kid you not i picture her as the lead singer of the misfits (laughs) like an older like aging like bitchy rock star who just hates that there's this like new person showing up i was like that is perfect casting right there you know like juliette lewis as an aging rock star is like the best role she'll ever have yeah that would be actually kind of brilliant and instead they made her her manager like what is that <laughs> yeah bizarre bizarre choice yeah, I'm I'm torn about that film because I do like out of morbid curiosity. <laughs> I kind of like I want it to be gem, but I know I'll be sad if I go and see the film and it is what that trailer is. Well, yeah, I mean that's why a lot of movies like the first GI Joe, I just didn't even bother going to see in theaters. I caught it on TV. That wasn't that bad. Like years later, <laughs> it wasn't GI Joe to me. The second one was a little better. I haven't and, seen I mean, them. It, it, it was hard for them to get it wrong with me because I go to GI Joe for one reason: Snake Eyes. Mm-hmm. And it's extremely hard to mess snake eyes up. They came close, but they didn't do it. So, <laughs> I, uh, I, d- I t- yeah, I don't know about Jim. I think Jim's probably going to be one of those things I'll end up seeing, but probably not at the cinema because I won't want to pay for it. Exactly. <laughs> what a terrible thing to say! Well, no, I mean it, it's, it's your right. It's your right as a consumer to say, you know what? I don't want to see this. <laughs> Um, speaking of Gem, though, oh, mm-hmm. oh, oh, God, I can't. I'm going to hyperventilate with how good the comic book is. I, I, you have? Have you read it? Uh, no, not yet. I have. No. I've 
I'll tell you something. When you start making comics, it's almost impossible to read. I can imagine that um, anybody who works in comics probably has, like, A, not much time to read that many, and also, B, possibly get sick of the sight of comics. <laughs> oh, I, I can't look at a book anymore without being like, oh, that's a great idea. How do you do And I'm talking about just lettering, mind you. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, how do you do that? That's good. I like it. Like, all I can do is just, like, you know, just break things down it's like i i can't enjoy that and not to say i don't enjoy them but it's really hard to just sit down and enjoy something Mm. well i would wholeheartedly recommend gem mostly because it's a book that features women with actual female body shapes and a range of those because i was getting on my high horse about this not long ago because uh (laughs) my weight has yo-yoed like my entire adult life and um having recently put on quite a vast amount of weight because food is brilliant. Like, I always get a bit mad that there are so many female characters in comic books that look exactly the same, just with different hair or, like, a slightly different face. And I understand that a lot of, particularly the superheroes, they're going to need to have, like, an athletic look so they're not going to be overweight or like what have you but not every woman in a comic needs to look like it drives me mad that lois lane doesn't have to be skinny and she doesn't have to have like whacking great knockers she could have hips she could have fairly Mm -hmm. big thighs she could have tiny boobs like it literally matters not because she doesn't she just and it yeah i'm getting cross calm down Um, like you know it's superman like i never got him being attracted to lois for her looks no. Like, that's there, but I always figured he was attracted to, like... Her tenacity know, and sass. Her, her honesty, you know, like, these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't understand why everyone needs to be, like, a supermodel. Yeah. It wouldn't bother me that there are, that, that there are supermodel-shaped women in the comics, because those women do, in fact, exist. What bothers mm-hmm. me is that every woman looks that way, because not every woman does in real life. And it made me really mad when they made Amanda Waller skinny. Yeah. Because... Well, it makes no difference to her character whatsoever. Well, I think it does, though, but in a different way. Like, you know, Amanda Waller always struck me as, like, hard, thick-skinned, like, just nasty woman. And it's like, yeah, she doesn't care about her appearance. She's just about getting the job done. Mm-hmm. And in changing her appearance, it's like, well, you know, she, like, it doesn't – this attitude of I don't care about what you have to say doesn't come off when, you know, you look like anybody else and – well, Danny, but you, when you look like a supermodel and everyone will do what you say anyway. Yeah, and it's, it, it just makes me mad because, like I say, she's not in a job where she needs to be at her physical peak. Because, um, like, Wonder Woman, she has to be physically fit <laughs> because she runs around and flies and kicks people in the face for a living. <laughs> like, that's her job, almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, you, you know, you wouldn't buy if Batman was overweight because he couldn't, how could he fight crime if he can't mm-hmm. catch up to it? Like, it but you know, it's that, sensible. That said, and uh, I always love this about uh, quietly Superman, but you know, All Star Superman. Mm-hmm. Superman is not like a ripped bodybuilder type. He's kind of like a big corn-fed Midwestern guy, you know, like no defined muscles, just a big mass of man. It's like I like that Superman. I don't Me like too. it when Superman and Batman have like the same body type. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, because Superman doesn't. I get the impression he doesn't need to work at his body to stay. Well, he can't. Like, what would he lift? <laughs> this like, is true. <laughs> like, I, I love that scene in The Incredibles when they show Mr. Incredible working out and he's like lifting trains <laughs> in the train yard. No, but it makes sense. Like, yeah. he can't go in the back 
grab a couple, you know, hundred pound plates, put them on a on a bar, and start lifting it. What is that going to do to him? <laughs> but that's why I like Gem so much because the uh, Sophie Campbell has done an absolutely amazing job at redesigning these characters mm-hmm. because they all. None of them are perfectly supermodel. Even mm-hmm. Jem, who is, you know, a projected imagining of Jerrica's... Like, you know, Jerrica could have chosen Jem to be tall and super skinny and have mm-hmm. massive whacking great knockers, but that's not how she looks at all. Like, and Kimber's fairly tall, but she's got a modest rack. <laughs> and uh, I've, I've, I don't think I've ever paid more attention to body shapes in a comic and it's because i was seeing different ones it was like my eye was like i'm confused what am i seeing um and it was great because there's one character i I can't remember if it's um shauna or the other one i'm terrible with names i'm so sorry um but but one of the characters has a fairly big bum and fairly large thighs and i so want to cosplay the shit out of her (laughs) because like all of my weight is in my butt my legs (laughs) just like like, that's the point like yeah no these what was it three or four of them in a band four there's four of them in a band it's ridiculous to expect that all four of them have the same body type i like that they're you know one's tall one's short one's got the big hips one's you know like this is real yeah i mean one of them's got a really gorgeous hourglass shape mm-hmm. um and it's not it's not skinny she doesn't look like she looks like a full figured yeah she looks beautiful and i was just like oh if i ever meet sophie campbell at a con she's getting such a hug from me and i'll probably crush her but oh ah it just made me that it's just such a beautiful book and it's colored mm-hmm. wonderfully and oh yeah I, i've seen the artwork the artwork is gorgeous i just i just had a chance to like sit down and i could honestly i could stare at it all day um <laughs> and that's not to say that the writing's like not as good either because it's definitely a really good book it's just the whole like redesign of all the characters because um the misfits crop up in issue two as well mm-hmm. and um there's like two pages maybe maybe it's four there's some pages <laughs> i'm so crap i read this like a week ago i've slipped this um <laughs> There's some pages where they're actually playing music on stage and the way that they represent the flow of the music on the page with the lettering and the colours and the artwork, it's all just like, oh, it's so gorgeous. I was just staring at it for a bit, just like, I'm so jealous of anyone with artistic talent. Like, So am I. Yeah, it's just I was just staring at it like, I wish, I wish I'd drawn that. It's so lush. But again, the misfits are all different shapes and sizes as well, which is wonderful. And uh, I, I just think it's... I don't think people realise how important representation of women of shape is in comics mm-hmm. and media and stuff. Um, well, uh, for both. I mean, I'm not, not to say that, you know, men have it as bad as women, but I think they both need to be, like, addressed, you know? Yeah. I mean, going back to the Amanda Waller example, you could mm-hmm. almost argue as well, though, that her when she was fatter, for mm-hmm. want of a better word, the fact that she wasn't a nice person <laughs> isn't actually that great because it... If you think about, she was basically the only sort of conventionally ugly, if you say, if you like, mm-hmm. ca- character in the books, and she wasn't a nice person. Well, see, <laughs> that's just... the thing. Nice is relative in this case. Yeah, I mean, she was not a pleasant person. Yeah. But it's not to say she wasn't one of the good guys, you know? Like, that's the one thing I always liked about her take. It's like, she thinks she's doing the right thing, yeah. you know? It's not like, well, I'm fat and ugly, so I'm going to kill everybody. You know, it's it's like... I worry about one thing, and it's the safety of the country or whatever, and I'm going to do my job however I think it needs to get done, you know? so I think it's just it's just really nice to see people of different shapes and sizes with different personalities, and it's not 
mm-hmm. it's not necessarily trying to say to you that fat is any better or any worse than anybody oh, yeah. else if that makes sense like mm-hmm. And I think it's quite healthy in it as well because none of the, one of the things that it's it's a really tough line to um to draw in the sense that because I work in a weight management service in the mm-hmm. NHS and one of the things that really bothers me about the representation of being overweight for anyone in the media is that people seem to think that there's there's thin and that's healthy and there's fat and that's unhealthy and that's not it's not necessarily, it's true, not necessarily yeah. true except in the case of like very morbidly obese people oh yeah I mean, who pretty much are going to die an early death if they don't sort themselves if out. you're 500 pounds and you're 5'1 yeah, yeah of course it's it's not good but yeah. you know but it, it the thing i love about jem is that there are characters in there who look like that you know they've got the, a similar body shape to me and i'm not unhealthy like i've fairly recently had to have lots of tests and things um basically everything about my insides is pretty much perfect actually um it's just that i happen to be carrying a bit more weight than other people and so i like i really like the fact that this this comic has people who are larger but it's not glorifying being vastly overweight Mm-hmm. Because I do think there's a bit of a culture of either shaming people for being overly large or overly large people trying to claim, well, I'm happy at my size and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, but actually that's really not healthy. No, yeah, I mean, it's like I, I say, mean, it's a really no, difficult one. make you feel bad exactly. for being overweight, but you should also not be okay with it. Yeah. Like there's two extremes at play. I think if you're healthy and if you're happy, then that's absolutely fine. But you mm-hmm. can't tell me like – um you know, there was quite recently a whole thing on Instagram where people were trying to use a hashtag to promote body confidence. And it was basically, you were supposed to take pictures of yourself eating something unhealthy. And I can't remember what the, the hashtag was. Um, and on the one hand, I thought it was really nice that it was sort of trying to empower larger women. But by the same token, there were a lot of women on there who were a, a, like three, four, five hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. And I think we shouldn't we shouldn't be glorifying that because that's not... That's not a healthy lifestyle. Well, and I'm not saying everybody needs to be skinny, but I just I don't want you to die early, basically. No, of course. <laughs> but, but especially when you're like, you know, things change when you become a parent. And it's like there's some people who are parents I'm, I've seen who are like they spend every day eating like greasy cheeseburgers and this and that. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, fine for you that you like it. But here's the thing. You're responsible for other people now. <laughs> like, yeah. you can't live like every day is your last because then they're going to die. <laughs> like. Yeah, and it really distresses me when parents feed their very young kids like really dodgy stuff. Oh, yeah. I was on the bus the other day and a woman had given her kids some and the kid was in a pushchair still so it couldn't have been older than like two tops yeah. and he was eating a large McDonald's fries and he no. was obviously so hooked on the salt that when he finished he tore open the cardboard packet and licked the salt off the inside and that really distressed me because oh. I just thought that is so unhealthy that kid's going to get like childhood diabetes and he's going to have all sorts of problems and it just made me really sad because I thought the kid doesn't deserve that and it's not his fault like you're teaching him terrible anyway this isn't let's all talk no, about stacy's problems with food i don't <laughs> mind <It's okay. laughs> but basically everybody should read gem it's wonderful <laughs> and i think it's a really good book to get sort of younger people into comics because it's not it's not childish in any way like i read it and i was very happy with the story and i think the characters are great but it's um it's 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 all ages 
you know, you could de- I could definitely give it to my, my little cousins and mm-hmm. they would read it and enjoy it and understand it, which is great because I just think the more stuff we have... It's funny how everybody who doesn't read comics thinks comics are for kids, but everybody I know that does read comics couldn't really name me more than one or two things that I could give to my cousins. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Like, there's this whole thing going on which drives me crazy because everyone says there aren't enough comics for kids and they don't want all ages. Here's the thing. An all-age-appropriate comic does not mean it needs to be written dumbed down for children. Mm-hmm. You know, like some of my favorite comics are books that you would give to kids, but they're well written. They're just like fun reads, you mm-hmm. know? This and- is one of the many reasons why, I know it's not a comic, but one of the many reasons why I love Adventure Time. Exactly. Because it's possibly one of the best written cartoons that's ever existed, if you ask me, in the sense mm-hmm. that it's very appealing to kids because it's bright colors and cute and it's funny. But it deals with some heavy shit. <laughs> no, yeah, but- and it doesn't dumb it down. Like, it just deals with it for you. You're like, oof. We've gotten to a point where we don't think kids can handle anything. And they can handle a lot more than we think they can. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you, you don't go up to a, a three-year-old and tell him you're going to die one day. <laughs> but but you can explain the concept of death to them in a way that, like, won't mess them up, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, because that's the thing, like. You can have a three-year-old and then their grandmother will die and you have to explain it to them. And, you know, everyone's like, oh, we have to protect the child. We can't tell them what happens. Like, Yeah, but that's going to lead to other problems later. If you just tell them calmly, like, all right, you know, sometimes people die and this is what happens. And, you know, and it's like it, it's simple enough, but nobody wants to deal with the immediate issues mm-hmm. and nobody thinks that kids can handle it. So we just brush it off. It's like, bring it on, you know? Adventure Time, greatest thing ever. <laughs> I absolutely adore Adventure Time. I mean, it's got a bit weird lately because I, I don't know how up to date you are, but um, me and Rich watched the last, oh, was it the latest episode the other day? And mm-hmm. uh, there's been like a couple recently that haven't really dealt with anything that's been going on in the overarching storyline. It's just been weird mm-hmm. stuff. And they're still really good, but it's got a bit weird. I think the last one we watched was one that was actually about the dude who tells the Grables stories. I, I don't think I've seen that one yet. Oh, uh, right, okay. I won't say anything. It's really good, but it was really like, the fuck? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that there's something to be built to. And mm-hmm. I'm going to use this, and I'm going to go back to uh, one of your Avengers points in a second. <laughs> All the way back. Well, it's, not, it's not about the Avengers itself, but a story. Because mm-hmm. um, what's, the, what's the guy's name that does Adventure Time? Uh, Pendleton, Pendleton Ward, yeah. Pendleton Ward. I feel like he has a whole story here, you know, like mm-hmm. he's leading up to something. And yeah, maybe these episodes are just weird one-offs that don't make any sense now, but I'm sure by the end they will. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm confident in that. And then getting back to what you were saying about like Avengers, where it's like, here's scenes that have nothing to do with anything where we're setting stuff up. Yeah. Like that's part of the trouble with making interconnected movies. But, and I love citing this example, Justice League and Justice League Unlimited one of the greatest cartoons ever made, <laughs> dealt with the same kind of thing. You know, they were telling long, overarching stories, tying into things that they did 20 years before and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But they did it in a way that made sense. Like even the episode that was just like a single one-off that made no sense to the rest of the story, by the end, made sense. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, I think that's part of the problem with like storytelling now. Like people forgotten how to tell the long game or maybe even like the audience has gotten tired of sitting there for the long game. Yeah. I think it goes back to as well what you were saying before in the sense that there's it's hard to get more invested in the long game if you're getting shown 
too much stuff beforehand because like exactly. even just knowing the titles of some of the Marvel movies that are coming out means that you know that this person can't die and that person can't die and nothing's going to happen to him that's going to be permanent mm-hmm. and blah 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 and then also the tons of trailers and photos and I mean I tried really really hard to avoid the last Star Wars trailer because mm-hmm. I, I want to feel about Star Wars the way everybody felt about it in the 70s when the first mm-hmm. one came out and it was all amazing for everyone but there's literally no way I could avoid it like that that day that trailer came out the internet just oh, yeah, went everywhere. mental and i was like well i've got to cave now because no one will stop talking about it got- but here's the thing though even though so that trailer doesn't really show you anything you know mm. like it, it yeah it, it's a shame that if you want to avoid it you can't but this they show you just enough to be like look this is coming and go watch it you know yeah I do think that's a pretty good example of how to do a trailer because I think there are a lot of movies lately that have shown far too much and bits mm-hmm. from like the actual end of movies. I can't think of one off the top of my head now, but there was one fairly recently that me and Rich watched and we were like, do we even need to see the film mm-hmm. now? Because um, Genesis, <laughs> Terminator Genesis. Oh, like I was interested. I was I was willing to give that movie a shot. I wanted to see it. And then I don't know. Have you seen the trailer? I have. Yeah. It so, was, it was they, actually on before we saw Mad Max yesterday. <laughs> and they spoil the twist of the movie. It's like, yeah. Oh, why do I want to go see it now? Yeah, it's uh, it's not. It's, it is stupid. I think the thing about Terminator that <laughs> this is gonna everybody's gonna punch me today for all the <laughs> controversial opinions and things I have and haven't seen. But um, I only recently saw the first Terminator properly, mm-hmm. uh, like this year, because um, I thought I'd seen it. But then I went to an Arnold Schwarzenegger marathon. Um, mm. like an overnight marathon thing and they played both of them at the end and I realised because I kept go harping on about how I always thought two was better than one and then I realised after that that I'd never seen one before <laughs> what a fucking div um, which is better I still think two is better ah. sorry <laughs> so I wasn't that sold on the idea of this movie anyway because I like I do like one a lot and I like two but um, three was terrible salvation was straight up bad and i'm not good at time travel stories the time travel is tough i will admit that i get bamboozled really easily and these movies have gone some of some things are canon and some things don't seem to be and they've gone back and changed some stuff because of this and i've got no concept of the timeline of, of terminator anymore like absolutely zero concept of what has happened and what mm-hmm happened but has now changed and what now hasn't happened and what's going on so <laughs> essentially i don't think this movie is going to be for me because i don't think i'll get it and i don't it's not because i'm stupid it's just that time travel just no it, it is confusing like even one of the simplest movies to watch with time travel which i think is back to the future mm-hmm. still makes my head hurt <laughs> like if i really think about it i'm like oh but wait a minute this and, and it's just like my head just explodes yeah i think like <sighs> My husband says to me before that the best thing to think about time travel movies is to assume that they all work on the basis that the instant you make a different decision, like a new timeline appears. Because I always got I always got confused by the idea of, well, if you go back in time and do that, or if you go forward in time and do that, then you'll never need to go back or forward in the first place. So you well, won't. Yeah. And then if you didn't, then you'll need to. But if if you do, then you won't. <laughs> that, that was That's the Marvel time travel rule. Like, if you ever read their comics, if you travel back in time, you don't change the past. You just started a new timeline. Mm-hmm. So all timelines are valid. Yeah. So I, th- I really do think that's probably the best way to consider something. Mm-hmm. But then something like Terminator will make your head hurt because it's like the movie can't happen <laughs> unless this guy goes back in time. But if this guy doesn't go back in time, 
the movie can't happen. Like you know, like yeah, it, I think that's that's the thing that gets me about this this film because, and I've said this to Rich before. Like even if you subscribe to the idea of okay, if he goes back in time and fixes everything so that Skynet never becomes a thing, then he never goes back in time and blah blah blah. But you know, even if you subscribe to the idea that he's set in place a new timeline so the new timeline is the one where Skynet doesn't become a thing and everything's happy and tra-la-la. Doesn't that still mean there is a timeline where the whole world's gone to shit? Yeah. And if that's the case, will they just keep sending people back and fucking everything up and starting up new timelines and how many are there and which one's the right one and I don't know what's going on. <laughs> here's, a, here's the thing that always bugged me about Terminator. Okay, so at some point in history, or well in the future, the robots take over and John Connor becomes like the leader of the resistance and all this stuff, right? Yep. This is presupposing that John Connor is some kind of great military mind and great military leader. Mm-hmm. So like he, for this to happen, he already has to be kind of like a crazy person. You know, he has to be kind of like one of those doomsday prepper types. Yep. Because uh, the only way he becomes who he becomes is when a Terminator comes back in time. His mother starts raising him to be like a badass killer. And then he does this. So like, the original timeline cannot happen. There's no way where this timeline makes sense that it happens, you know? Yeah. No, so yeah, it, that's no, that's completely true, isn't it? Because it, 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 it just it makes my head want to explode. I don't get it. Yeah, because if Oh, I dunno. Well the thing is, if John never sent Carl back, then John wouldn't exist anyway. Exactly. Because Carl's his dad, isn't it? Oh, see, it's already confusing. It, it it just it like they're fun movies, but you can't think about them this close because then yeah. you're just like doesn't make any fucking sense yeah i think what i need is like a comprehensive i don't know like a drawing of all the different timelines and which one we're sort of like subscribing to if that makes sense (laughs) so that i know which bits to pay attention to and which bits to sort of log in the back of my memory as as like a well that happened but not really anymore so i can i don't need that (laughs) bit of information but i don't think i'll end up seeing that at the cinema either because i don't think that's a movie i want to pay for <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of get that. It's um, it was a weird one actually because when we we went to Mad Max yesterday and um, the trailers that that were on before was that and like if you'd have said to me a few years ago that I was going to be seeing trailers for a new Terminator and a new Jurassic Park. I would probably have said to you I'd have been all over the Terminator one mm-hmm. because I do really like, even though I hadn't actually seen the first one properly, do really, really like the second one, like a lot. Uh, and I used to be addicted to the game on, I think it was on the Sega Mega Drive, even though I was straight up terrible at it and kept repeatedly dying uh, in the ho- in the hospital, which is like the first fucking stage practically. But yeah, so like I, the fact that I came out of seeing Mad Max saying I can't wait for Jurassic Park and San Andreas is actually really weird. Because <laughs> San, no, San Andreas is just a movie where Los Angeles gets leveled, isn't it? Well, it, it, it's basically an update of Earthquake. It's like, well... You know, what is the point of this? Like, <laughs> this is a more actiony version of an earthquake. Yeah, I think I only really want to see it because of The Rock. Well, yeah, I mean... It's just me. He, he's the reason why I even went to go see G.I. Joe 2. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I had no hopes for that movie when it was coming out. Yeah, I haven't seen that one yet. San Andreas is a weird one for me because I'm not usually into the... Um, the sort of like natural disaster type. Like, I think most of the ones I can think of are not great. But I don't know, something about that trailer just looks really fun to me. Although I was <laughs> I was giggling the other day on the bus because I was listening to an episode of Wham Bam Pow and Cameron Esposito was talking about how she doesn't want to ever see that movie 
because she lives in Los Angeles and it freak her out too much. <laughs> and I thought, God, I never thought of that. If we had a movie where Birmingham got leveled by earthquakes, I'd probably move. <laughs> but that's also extremely unlikely because how often do you get earthquakes there? Oh, my God. I, I, there's been one in my entire lifetime and it was the feeblest thing. It was so feeble that my mum thought my sister was having an epileptic fit. I was like, really? That's what you thought that was? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was rubbish. Yeah, I, I think in my lifetime on the East Coast, there's been maybe two earthquakes. Mm. One, I was baby sighted now. And the second one, we were on vacation with my parents. So my parents and my sister are on the beach and then we're out like sightseeing or something. And all of a sudden I'm seeing like things on Facebook, people talking about an earthquake. And my sister's calling me and asking me if we're okay. And we're like, what are you talking about? There was an earthquake. I'm like, really? <laughs> I didn't notice anything. Was but there? his coworkers who were like three hours away felt the earthquake and I didn't. I'm like, <laughs> What, what kind weird. of phantom earthquake is this? Well, the the one the one that we had was in the middle of the night, and the only reason I woke up was because our next door neighbour had been putting a shed up the day before, and he hadn't finished it. And so the earthquake knocked what was part of the shed down, and it sounded like an explosion in our back garden. So that woke me up, and then my bed was shaking a little, and I was like, "Ooh, something's occurring." <laughs> so for some reason, because when ours happened as well, it was like in the middle of the. Uh, whole iraq war situation yeah and so everybody was out in the street assuming that there's been some sort of terrorist attack and uh, there was just me and my mom being the sensible people putting on the radio trying to find out what actually happened Uh, but then we figured out that the explosion in the back garden wasn't a bomb i don't know why they would bomb a really weird outskirt of birmingham anyway (laughs) but um yeah that was a weird I don't think I would want to see a natural disaster movie happening in my town, though. I'd probably yeah, I, I'd freak out. I'd worried about like disasters, like boats sinking, planes coming down, like the natural yeah. stuff. It's like you can kind of prepare for it to a certain extent. Yeah, or it's just going to kill you, and there's nothing you can do. So you might exactly. Worry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it is terrifying. But I saw Mad Max yesterday. Oh. I, I have to go see it. I, I'm actually. I feel a little bad. I've never seen any of the movies. Me neither. I, I just saw, which was the first one, just Mad Max? Yeah, I think so. I just finally saw that one, which, by the way, was boring as sin. Like, I was like <laughs> when is know. something going to happen? <laughs> Somebody earlier told me that if I watch them, I, sh- I should watch them, like, make sure I watch that one first. So that I d- and I was like, well, why would I not? Because it's the first one. And they were like, yeah, but, you know, if, if you could just skip it and not watch it at all because it's not that good. Apparently, like, it doesn't get post-apocalyptic till two. Second, yeah, like, it, it just looks like some kind of weird, like, outskirts of a city or something and like there's nothing about it that says post-apocalyptic so i was like what, what is the point of this movie but i guess the road warriors when it really picks up i assume so like, like i said i haven't seen any of them and i'm scared to watch them now because i know a lot of people who have re-watched them in the lead up to fury road um mm-hmm. have still enjoyed them because they loved them before but i'm concerned that watching them now i'll just keep getting cross at mel gibson like, <laughs> I just don't know if I could be that supportive of him anymore because he's a bit of a lunatic. Um, yeah, I think you can get past that. I mean, there's there's actors who have done things that are like, oh, I don't like you anymore. But I still enjoy the movies. Mm. I'll try. I mean, I've never been that big a fan of him as an actor, though, is the problem. Well, so I don't that's know. That's different. Yeah, I don't know if it's just going to be like basically unbearable. But since you haven't seen Fury Road, I won't. I won't go too spoilery. I had actually no. No interest in seeing this film until mm-hmm. a men's right activist put up oh, a boy. put up a, a thing on 
on his blog or whatevs and some of my, my mates picked up on it and, and started throwing it around um, which was basically arguing that it was just a, a big old piece of feminist propaganda and men and real women should boycott it because we shouldn't be allowing women to steal our action movies and all this fucking palaver and I was like well now I kind of have to see it <laughs> which is a terrible reason to want to see a movie but I'm glad I did because it's actually almost perfect and the only problem I had with it was Tom Hardy. <laughs> Yeah, I hear he's kind of like, eh, in the movie. Not great, but not terrible. I don't want to go too spoilery. He's not in it an awful lot anyway. The movie's really about Charlize Theron's character, but he's there. And the the problem I had is that I feel like he felt like he was in a different movie to everybody else. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, everyone else seems to know that, Although the although the film has fairly serious like undertones, mm-hmm. it's it's an action movie. At well, it's a fun movie. It's, yeah. yeah, it's a movie where shit blows up and people drive around like lunatics trying to murder each other, <laughs> essentially. Whereas it feels like sometimes he was giving he was giving lines like like he was in some sort of like highbrow Shakespearean type drama. And it was really fucking weird. <laughs> like he was properly acting and I was like, well, this does not call for that at all. It's really strange. But the thing that I like really, really liked, it is a bit of a feminist film. Um, <laughs> I actually kind of agree with the, uh, the men's right activist person there because it is. But that's kind of why I loved it so much. There's not many action movies that you get with more than one woman in it anyway. (laughs) And even the ones that you do, at least one of them will probably get kidnapped or need saving or become the love interest of whoever the main dude is. And so it was really cracking to see a movie where, A, at one point there's like 12 women, 15 Mm -hmm. women, something like that, and they're not talking about men, which is great. But they also... They're strong characters in the sense that, because I hate the term strong female character, because everybody seems to think that just means women who can kick things. But mm-hmm. what, when I'm looking for a, a, a positive female character, I'm not looking for one that's that's just strong. Like, I want a well-rounded, well-balanced character. So, someone with um, with experiences, with troubles, with, like you know, like a real person. Yes, exactly. I'm not looking for somebody who just comes in and is strong and sassy and kicks a man in the face and then leaves and goes, hey. Like, and that's what I loved about this film. These women have, have gone through things, but they've come out the other side. They can hold their own, but sometimes they need help and they'll take it when it's there. And it's, oh, it's so great because they're all so well-rounded. And it's just, I mean, there's one scene, this isn't really that spoilery, but the one scene that, like, it, it sounds really weird that this resonated with me so much, but it was it was such an unusual scene for an action movie where Max is using a sniper rifle to try and shoot someone, and they've only got, like, four bullets left. And he uses two, and he fucks up the shot. And one of the women points out to him, you've only got two left. So he hands the gun to Charlize Theron's character because she's better than him with a sniper rifle. And it sounds so so small and so ridiculous. No, but, but that's, like, that's, like, real life, like... Yeah, but what was amazing as well was the fact that it wasn't like an emasculating scene. It wasn't like he begrudgingly handed her the gun and moped in a corner because he's not as good as a woman or something. He just handed it. He just handed her this gun like no questions asked, and he even let her rest it on his shoulder like he became like a human tripod yeah. almost. And I loved that because it it wasn't a big deal in the movie. It wasn't like they it shouldn't be. Yeah, like, they weren't trying to hit you in the face with the fact that she was better, but he he just knew she was better and I was like oh and it's it does sound really sad that that's that's the thing that really struck me but it really did 
I had a discussion with a friend earlier who was, uh, I feel like we saw entirely different movies because he was arguing that the women in it weren't strong at all and that they were, you know, most of them were interchangeable and a lot of them were just fodder for getting shot later and, and that most of them needed men to help them out and blah, 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 which I don't think was the case at all. But when we were t- when we were talking about it, <laughs> he, t- he tried to argue with me. He was like, well, name more than one of them. And I was like, eh, I can't, but I also... A, knowing their names doesn't really prove anything. And B, I don't think I could name you any other male characters than Max. <laughs> Here's the thing, like, just because certain characters are interchangeable doesn't mean that, like, th- th- those things that he was saying were not mutually exclusive. You know, it's like, yeah, some characters are interchangeable. To be perfectly honest with you, in certain scenes in, like, The Avengers, I'm sure, you know, Captain America could be interchangeable with Hawkeye. Like, th- those things happen at times. Mm-hmm. But as long as all the characters are contributing to the story... Yes. Who cares? Like, Yeah. Well, that, that was the thing that I really liked about this, is that, like, one of the more main group of women... Like, they've each got... There's... there's I can't remember if there's four or five of them. My memory is terrible. Holy crap. Basically, they're like... Um, this dude's wives and they've decided they've had enough of just being his playthings and they want to like fuck off out of it that what i liked about them was the fact that yeah they didn't look like women who would necessarily be able to hold their own in physical situations but they'd learnt to and i liked the fact that they had traumas without subjecting the audience to seeing women getting abused on screen well yeah like there's something that happened to this person Mm -hmm. we don't need to know and i'm gonna get to that in a second but we don't need to know what and they're dealing with it and what I was going to say is, like, I'm so sick of movies having to explain everything. Yeah. Why, why is this guy's hair red? Well, because this. Why does this guy have a limp? Well, because this. I don't care. Like, mm. he's got the limp. End of story. Like, Yeah. I don't need to know exactly what happened to these women to know that they want to get away from it. And mm-hmm. the thing that I really liked about that group of women was that they all seemed different, but they all contributed something. And that, that's why I can't, like, I, <laughs> I don't think me and my mate are ever going to see eye to eye on this one because mm-hmm. I just, I can't see how he could say they were interchangeable and that they needed a man because, yeah, there were sections where Max and um, Nicholas Holt's character did stuff uh, that benefited them, but I also think there was an awful lot of stuff that they did. Like, Max would not have lived to the end of that movie without them. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, I just, and that's what I like because I don't want films where... I don't, I don't, when I say I'm a feminist, I don't mean that I want f- films where women are better than men consistently. No, what I want, yes, and what I want is films where women are as good as men at some things and better than men at other things and, and worse than men good. at other things, yeah. Balance, that's what I want. And that's what I think this movie had in spades. And I just, I fell in love with it. And I think if it's, if somebody else had been Max, it might have been perfect. <laughs> like, I just think his performance was really weird. Oh my god, and the practical effects! Like from what I've heard, yeah, I've heard they're amazing. Yeah, that movie is apparently mostly practical effects, and I was just like, "What?" Because it is crazy. Like it's almost relentless in its action sequences. There's like maybe two or three sections where there's like three or four minutes where nothing much really happens, or like we're mm-hmm. com- we're coming up with a plan or something calm before the storm. But what I loved as well is the fact that I hate the term post-apocalyptic, partly because if an apocalypse happens, we're all dead. That's what an apocalypse is. There's no post. There's no post. The world has ended. But the thing I liked was that a lot of when 
movies proclaim to be post-apocalyptic. They're very grey and grim and sad-looking, and everything's oh, a little. Bright. Yeah, this movie is gorgeous. There's like a like a sandstorm scene that's just like fucking mm-hmm. what? I was just sitting there like, ugh, ugh. I might go and see it again. Actually, it's so good. Loved it. Thumb up for that. I, I will have to go see it at some point. Um, I think you should. Yeah, there's always an issue though, like. You know, and I don't know because I, I haven't seen this movie and I know you haven't seen the old one, but like sometimes I feel like certain actors are trying to perform as the person who came before them. Mm-hmm. And I think that always causes issues because like, you know, people have their issues on like Superman Returns. But I give Brandon Routh all the credit in the world in that movie. Oh, I thought he was actually really brilliant. Because His big, the he, biggest problem there was was the plot with him well, and Lois happened. and the kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that movie, he's acting like Christopher Reeve, acting as two separate people, which when you think about it, that's it's hard. a pretty inception-y freaking shit. <laughs> and yeah. hard. I actually liked that movie a lot more than most people. I just think that's that's not a Lois I can get behind. No, I hated that She Lois. was such a wet blanket mess. But to, to be fair, I also hated Margot Kidder as Lois. The only, the only Loises I ever liked were the one from the animated series, because she was just like, take no shit from anybody, mm-hmm. and Amy Adams. Do you know, I, this is probably going to get me kicked on the internet again but i didn't i didn't mind terry hatcher i never just liked that show in general so i, I don't really no. count it yeah I, was, I don't think the show was that great but i liked the fact that she seemed very in control of herself mm-hmm. and that's how that's how i see lois like lois knows what she wants and she she tries her damnedest to get it mm-hmm. uh, I, li- I liked that about her i realized that i've kept you rambling for like an hour and a half <laughs> It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> is there is there anything else that you wanted to uh, talk about before we do a shimmy? Well, I did want to just get back to the whole Suicide Squad thing. Oh yes, <laughs> we did wander off that quite quickly, didn't we? It's okay. It's all right. I just <laughs> want to say, like, you know, I, I'm going to hold judgment until I see anything. But I, I for the most part, I like what I see. Mm-hmm. The tattoo thing doesn't bother me that much. I feel like it makes it kind of makes sense in the story, in the sense that he's in prison. Of course, he would get tattoos. Mm-hmm. And if they want to remove them, I'm sure they could remove them later. It's not a big deal. Like, yeah, it, it, it'll all be fine. And just overall, like, I'm excited about all these movies, like Batman, Superman. I'm excited about. I'm excited about like just the whole where it's going. I feel like there's a plan there, and it's like, a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for Suicide Squad mostly because I want to see what they do with Harley. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually am one of the few women that exists that like the look of her in the photos because I know there's been a lot of backlash against how inverted commas slutty she looks, mm-hmm. um, and how a lot of people wanted the like original Harley. Costume. Which, which I, that I must would not make it. sense on screen. No, I'm sorry, it, it would sense. look ridiculous. And again, like I said, this is them in prison, just being given whatever. Yeah, she wouldn't like even if if she had that costume, she wouldn't be wearing it in this movie. No, you know the thing that I find really odd about the criticism of what she's wearing, though, is that it's actually not that distant from what I see a lot of people wearing when the weather's warm, which is denim shorts, like a little little pair of jean shorts, yeah. some tights and a top. Like it's not, you know, if you look at the latest comic design where she's wearing the world's smallest hot pants and a really revealing corset, it's actually yeah. a little bit more demure than that. <laughs> I, so I don't fine. really think you can complain that much. I'm, I'm like, honestly, costume designs in these movies have not been an issue for me. Mm-hmm. It may be Superman only because I don't like the idea of all blue without some kind of visual breakup. Yeah. Did you but, see the – I posted this on my Facebook not long ago – the video of the restored colour versions of Man of Steel? 
Yeah, they, they actually proved that that was uh, fake. Oh, that, really? That the person, the person dulled the colors even further. <laughs> but it, it, it does it does raise a point that the colors are a little dark, which I will admit. I will freely admit that Zack Snyder goes a little dark. But the people complaining about these costumes, like there was recently something where they showed Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman's costumes. Yeah. Like on a new show or something. And the colors are there. It's it's just like the filmmakers desaturating the film. But I, I like the way all these things look. I have no complaints about anybody's costume. No, I don't, I don't think I do either. I just, I kind of A little wish... brighter. A little brighter would help. Yeah, I think I, when I looked at those, at that video, the reason I shared it was because I thought the brighter versions just put so much more joy into it. And that's, mm-hmm. that's what I'm looking for in a Superman film. Like I... Yeah. I feel like he's a hopeful character, and it seemed to give it that little injection of of hope, which I liked. But I've not I've not had any. I can't think of any costumes that have particularly made me cringe. No, yeah, me before either. I've seen him in action, and, and uh, except of course bat nipples. Like who needs oh, those? That's um, <laughs> what are the nipples well, there for? <laughs> Batman's cold. Um, <sighs> now the the only um. I wasn't gonna say. It just it just drives me nuts when people talk about that first movie because they're like, oh, "It's not Superman." I'm like, "It's not a Superman movie. That movie is an alien invasion movie about a guy who will one day become Superman." Like that's why everyone everyone's complaints of like, "Oh, it's so dark. He's not saving." I was like, "It's his first day on the job. Like, give the guy a friggin' break. Mm. <laughs> you know, like wait a couple movies when he's established himself. If he if he's still like." Batman with the Superman costume on, then yes, I can say, all right, fine, they don't get it. But I just feel like this is one part in a larger story. Mm, I'm, I, I mean, I'm, I liked Man of Steel a lot more than it. most people I know. I, I think it had its flaws, um, but I don't think many of them were actually around Superman himself. I think it was more. There are there are filmmaking choices that I don't like about that movie. Mm-hmm. You know, like how certain things are assembled. The actual story is not something that bothers me at all or what happens in the story. No, Minnie, that the only part that I just could not get behind was the uh, tornado scene. Yeah, that was stupid. Like, I'm like, I, d- I do not, yeah, I do not believe for one minute that Ma Kent would rather either her kid or her husband potentially die to save a dog. Like, I know they love their animals, but no offence, a dog or your kid or your husband... I know which I'd pick. <laughs> Here's the thing, too. It was their way of trying to make a point that could have been made a better way. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was an odd one. But, like, the rest of the movie I thought was absolutely fine. I just, like, I just wished it had been a bit brighter. That's all. Of course. And, I mean, I could say that about so many movies. Mm. But I, I'm excited about where this is going, so. I'll admit Batman versus Superman scares me a bit. But it's mostly because that last trailer, uh, it wasn't very inspiring. Um, to me, it was just like a lot of voiceovery stuff. Whilst you show stock Superman footage of him like holding something heavy or mm-hmm. punching a thing really hard, and then he just floats in the air for a bit, looking menacingly at Batman before Batman grunts something about punching him. And I was just like, well, eh. doesn't really tell me anything about. I know it's only a teaser, so I shouldn't really. Yeah, but the thing, it's not supposed to, and I'm I'm actually grateful it doesn't show anything. Mm. You know, like this thing of all the trailers for Man of Steel. I don't think they really showed anything about the movie. No, I'm just itching to see some Wonder Woman. Just, just give oh, me a glimpse of her. Oh, I want to see her, and I want to see Aquaman, and whatever else is in there. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting to see. What well, to, to me, it'd just be interesting to see how they build it up to a Justice League situation, like how they bring in 
mm. Wonder Woman and uh, Aquaman. Because Aquaman's an odd character to just throw in there. <laughs> well, I, I think it, it's like everyone's freaking out. Oh, there's too many characters. I, I think they're just cameos. I don't think it's like mm. Aquaman's going to have half the movie to himself, you know? Yeah. So, like I said, I'm not going to say anything till I see it because I don't know what they're doing. Mm. You know? But that's just me. <laughs> I think the thing that, that, that bamboozles me a little bit is... It seems like from trailers and and from Man of Steel <laughs> uh, that th- there's not a lot of um, like jokes, and I'm not necessarily saying that that every film should be really fucking funny, but mm-hmm. um, I find it odd that something like like Flash TV show is absolutely brilliant because mm-hmm. to me it's got a really good balance of you know the the fairly serious or scary or like what the fun yeah, but it's also got the fun uh, like. I don't know if you've seen the episode with Grodd. Yeah. Yes. Like the, the Grodd hate banana bit is like my new favourite hashtag on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I didn't realise as well that um the guy who did the voice of Grodd, I actually yeah. met him last year and I was like, oh my God, if only I'd have known he was going to be Grodd. Okay. I'd have pounced on him for a giant massive hug because I think he was brilliant. But I just, I think <sighs> Flash is just like, that's also close to perfection for me. And the, the like the only thing that's really weighing it down in my head is uh, is is Iris. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, not everything's your perfect. I mean, it's leaps and bounds better than Arrow. And I love Arrow. You know, like, I'll watch it. Mm. But I just think everyone's a better actor on that show. That's part of it. Uh, well, th- the thing is, I mean, I, I was watching Arrow. I've kind of given up on it now. Um, But I really like Brandon Ruth in that as well. Um, oh, yeah. And the bird who plays Felicity. But I just, I, I think Arrow is a bit too too grim and it's really hard to take somebody seriously when they're that broody and annoying like i can't like oliver's just one of the the grumpiest people and i'm just, i find it really hard to get behind a superhero who doesn't seem happy ever <laughs> like there's a rumor going around i think it was the the creator of the show saying like the next season's gonna be a lot brighter and like more in line with Flash than it has been. Yeah, I hope so. Because one of the things I love about Flash is that there's like occasions where Barry and Cisco and Caitlin are just like so fucking chuffed with everything that they're doing, or like he learns a new skill and he like they're all like, "Yay, you look amazing!" Or wow, and it's just there's like a sense of almost family on there that on on mm-hmm. Arrow it seems like they're all constantly just getting cross with each other and it makes me really mad that Felicity doesn't seem to want a bar of Ray anymore because she's all over Oliver again and I'm like oh but Ray's just like infinitely a nicer guy <laughs> like all Ray yeah no I, I totally get that because that's my one concern about the next Turtles movie is that Stephen Amell's been cast as Casey Jones mm-hmm. and I'm like because I've only ever seen him in Arrow like I've got visions of him just being the world's like broodiest, boringest Casey Jones. You mean this is my sword? You, you failed this city, and I'm just like, no, fick off. I mean, like, to be fair, you know, I'll give him a shot, but nothing's gonna top um, the original Casey. Oh, I love him, Elias Coteus. I think I that's how you say his name. I can't even remember his first name. So, yeah, no idea. That's probably entirely wrong, but I don't care. Uh, no, I think he was wonderful, absolutely wonderful. So, I mean, like. Again, I don't want to judge before I've seen it because I thought Megan Fox was going to be a terrible April and she wasn't actually that bad. I mean, she wasn't so, great, but she wasn't terrible. Yeah, I think she did all right with what she had. Um, she didn't really have to do an awful lot except no. sort of look at turtles occasionally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I am excited for the film simply because they've they've um, they've announced some other people for the cast recently and they were really cool and I've temporarily forgotten who they were. Well, say I haven't heard anybody besides Stephen Amell. Okay, I will 
let me um I've got like a little WhatsApp conversation that I'm having with the guy that I do podcast in a half show with where basically whenever any either one of us finds news we share it so I'm going to just get that little conversation out and tell you. So Gary Anthony Williams has been cast as Bebop. No clue who that is. I don't know who he is either, but apparently he was in Boondocks which I've never seen. Mm. Uh, and there was another bit of news fairly recently. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Let's see if I can find it. Oh, shit. This was uh, somebody got cast as Baxter Stockman, and I was really excited. I now can't remember who it is. If it's not Jeff Goldblum, I don't want to know. It's not Jeff Goldblum. I did say to Rich that that, that would be a missed trick, but come on, Stace. <laughs> Fucking how far, how long ago was this shitting announcement? Oh, here we go. Tyler Perry. As uh, Baxter Stockman? Yeah. So, like, I'm absolutely fine with that. But that's. I don't know. I, I'm not a huge fan of his work. I'll have to wait and see. Again, mm. I'll wait and see. I really hope he does get turned into a fly at some stage, though. Maybe not in the second movie, but that mm-hmm. would be wicked. Also, if any if anyone at Paramount is listening and you need an Irma, like I, I reckon I could do that. <laughs> I reckon I could be desperate for a bloke in the background occasionally because that's all she ever did in the fucking 80s show. I, I was watching the 80s cartoon recently and I was crying laughing because there's an episode where she pretty much hints that she'd fuck one of the turtles if they asked because yeah. she's just so desperate. <laughs> and I'm just well, like, do you know what? Maybe if you just stop dressing so weirdly because she wears this like really long skirt and like really oversized turtleneck jumper. Like, Maybe if people could see that you had a body under there, they'd be more interested. But anyway, that's just me rambling. Well, if, if we're going to get cast, then I want to be Muckman. Oh, my God. He was in the uh, cartoon show recently. I know he was in the cartoon. I, oh, in the new one? Yeah. Oh, I got to catch up. I haven't watched him forever. I, I haven't seen any episodes since the changeover with uh, Seth Green. So I'm behind. Oh, so you're still in Northampton? I have no clue what that means. <laughs> um, you know when they drive up to the house up in the hills? Oh, when they're up in the in the, in the farm, you mean? Yeah. No, I, I don't even think I've gotten that far. I, it's been hard for me to watch the show, yeah. so i, I got to catch up. Oh, you do have to catch up. Yeah, Muckman was in it recently. He terrifies me because he just looks so fucking weird. <laughs> no, that, that show's still really, really fucking good. Like, really good. And I'm getting more behind Seth Green now. I feel a bit bad I mean, because I was ragging uh, on him at first. I, I heard one episode with him. The problem with him is just that he always sounds like he's got something in his nose or in his mouth. It's like, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> it's a little nasally. I mean, I don't mind it. It's just yeah. that, like, I like, uh, uh, who was it? Um, Biggs. I liked Yeah, Biggs. me too. I thought it was good casting. There was a guy who took over from Biggs as well for the last couple of episodes of series two who did an almost perfect impression of Biggs' Leonardo. And I was like, why couldn't we just keep that guy? Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you off. Um, I'll edit that out. It'll be seamless. No one will know. <laughs> We're talking about uh, oh, so someone else took over for Big for yeah. Big? There was there was maybe three or four episodes at the end of series two um, uh-huh. where they had to get like an interim actor in because I think Biggs was doing Orange Is the New Black or something and he just uh-huh. had to like go and and this bloke was doing an almost almost perfect it, like I'm a bit of a voice acting nerd so, so I, am I. I so I noticed but only just like it was it was, it might have been like one word or something and I was like Ooh, is that someone else but I was like why couldn't we keep him because the problem I have with Seth Green isn't necessarily that he's a bad voice actor is that it's is. so different and it sounds so much like him like I can't divorce it from his 
beautiful little ginger face. Like, <laughs> like I don't hear it in here, Leonardo. I hear it, and I, I, I like, I see Seth Green, which I, exactly. unless he's doing like almost a caricaturish kind of voice, like Chris from Family Guy. It's getting more acceptable now, but I hated the fact that they tried to write it in like he had damage to his throat. Well, you know, I actually do appreciate that. At least they're they're acknowledging that it's different mm. instead of just being like, you know, hey, you just so, totally sound different and everyone's okay with this. Yeah, I don't know. It just felt like it drew too much attention to it for me. But maybe I'm just being weird. Well, maybe you're right. What do I know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I could watch that show like until the chaos come home. I need to get a job where I can just watch telly and read comics. So if anybody wants to give me that job, that would be... Well, I am looking for an assistant. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I could assist from all the way over here, though. Would I be that useful? I also don't know if I can pay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's not going to work. <laughs> Definitely need money. I need an intern is what I need. <laughs> ah, see, that damn pond getting in the way. I actually think that'd be pretty awesome. But anyway, rambling. Uh, hey, it's been like nearly two hours, so... <laughs> I, like, I see how it is. You're kicking me out. Fine. Well, I feel like I should let you go, but I'm sure you've got better things to do than talk to little old me, like, yeah. you know, lettering and that. Because because uh, if I was, you know, like, I've had conversations with people before where they've been, like, drawing whilst I've been talking. I don't know how you could letter while I was talking, because, when I, like, if that were me, I'd just start typing what I was saying. No, well, the, the good thing is I don't type. I just copy and paste. Mm. Uh, so I do have to pay a little attention, but not so much where I have to like concentrate exactly what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. But when I was um, on staff, it was, uh, it was almost like a studio. There were like four of us. So, you know, we, I'd be lettering while talking about how, you know, X movie pissed me off and I love this and this and that. And, you know, you couldn't keep me quiet. And then I'd realize I lettered the wrong balloon. I was like, Oh, (laughs) see, I'm the kind of person who like when I was doing, when I was at college and I was doing coursework and uh, dissertations and things, I have to listen to soundtracks because if I listen to anything with lyrics, I'll just start typing them. No, I get that. Like it, <laughs> it's really weird. I can't listen to a song while typing to somebody. I have to be listening to uh, to music or, or at least a comedy special where I'm not singing along. Yeah. Yeah, singing along does get distracting. And if you're anything like me, even if you don't like the song, but you know the words, you'll sing along. Exactly. Yeah. There's too many songs like that. Terrible for that. I need to organise a karaoke you know it note to self <laughs> anyway yeah come on stace wrap it up <clears throat> um is is there anything that you would like to plug before we uh or anything else you wanted to quickly mention before we toodle uh let's see let's see uh i am part of a kickstarter that's currently going on i don't know how quickly you're gonna get the episode up but uh, uh within a couple of days question mark <laughs> Okay, we'll we'll go with it. I think it should be fine. Uh, I'm doing a kick. Uh, I'm part of a comic that's doing a Kickstarter currently called Gamer Girl and Vixen, and it's a really cute. Like the the, the way that the creators call it, it's a supervillain love story. And it's about two girls who are supervillains and falling in love. Ah, and it's really adorable. So I'm working on that. I am. What am I doing? What am I doing? Uh, another book I'm working on. The first issue should be coming out soon. Uh, I hope I get this right. It's called Symphonic Verses. It's beautifully drawn. Uh, it's going to be coming out from Hound Comics, I think, this week. And I think that's all I can talk about right now. Ooh, intriguing. <laughs> yeah, everything else is either, you know, the usual, uh, you know, work for hire stuff like my Xenoscope stuff, things like that, mm-hmm. or stuff that I'm not allowed to talk about yet. Oh, there's one more thing I can talk about. You're familiar with uh, that fresh romance Kickstarter that happened about a month ago? Mm, vaguely. 
it's like all like romance stories, you know, like serialized. Yeah. I am doing a story in the first issue. Oh, jolly good. I am actually doing a story with um, Kate Leth. I lettered her story, <gasps> which is pretty cool. I love her so much. Yeah, I, I met her very briefly at a con recently. She's really super nice. And uh, when I got a chance to do this story, I was like, oh, shit, that's awesome. I could put her hers. <laughs> I'm, um, she's going to be at a convention in Leeds in November, and I'm already nervous about trying to speak to her, so I probably won't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if I'm already psyching myself out, yeah, I probably won't. She's too beautiful. Can't handle it. Can't. She seems it. really nice. I saw her with um, forget uh, Ian McGintley, I think you say his name. Yeah. Like, yeah. Don't get me that I butchered it. That, no, that uh, sounds about right. <laughs> and they they're both like super nice. They're really fun to talk to, even though it was very brief. So yeah, so I'm working on that stuff, and hopefully more soon that people will just see one day. That's how it works, right? <laughs> I believe so. Hey, um, do you want to give out any? blog or twitter details or are you scared of people stalking you now well you know what am i gonna do stalking is stalking i've had it done before um <laughs> you can follow me on twitter at taylor espo you can follow my studio at ghost Glyph. you can send me a friend request on facebook doesn't mean i might accept it i'm getting a little discerning with that now mm-hmm. but you can follow the studio on facebook.com slash ghost studios and you know ghostlifestudios.com is the website in case anybody wants to hire me for work for some strange reason. <laughs> oh, way to sell yourself. I know, right? If you want to work with me, maybe. It seems like everybody I ever speak to on this show who has like actual comic work that, like, oh, did you hear my stomach then? I bet the mic picked that up because it was right by it. I have to edit that was, out. I thought it was uh, a magwai. <laughs> That's terrible. I'm not even hungry. It's probably those biscuits. Oh, they're not seeing well. Um, back to get you. Yeah. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. Everybody that I speak to who has like comic wares to to like sell or stuff, they get really like they don't want to talk about it. It's like a very typically typically British thing to do is be self deprecating. <laughs> but like all the Americans I've spoken to have been the same. <laughs> it's kind of brilliant. I, I just always feel like well, no one really wants to know about this, but I need the work so. <laughs> I, I kind of turned into like a Zoidberg at that point. Maybe you want some work? <laughs> Brilliant. Well, you can follow me on Twitter at StaceBobT and join the Parlour Facebook group at Stacey's Parlour. No, Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. I think that's what it's called. Uh, don't don't try and add me on Facebook and not tell me who you are. I've had a lot of that lately where people have just added me and we don't have any mutual friends and I can't mm-hmm. quite tell what's going on, so I just won't add you. Sorry. <laughs> if you are going to add me, at least try and explain who you are so I can make an actual decision about whether or not I want to avoid you. <laughs> um, you can also buy T-shirts, what have my face on, at spcp.spreadshirt.co.uk or you can drop me an email at stacysparlour at gmail.com. I think that's about it. I should probably just pre-record one of those so I don't have to do it every time. That might be a good idea. That'd but be then sensible, we're, wouldn't it? We'd always do it the harder way just because. Yeah, I mean, I'm 39 episodes in and I'm just having that idea. <laughs> Better late <laughs> like ever. Indeed. Well, thank you so much for, for joining me for a ramble. Hopefully, yeah. if, you were, uh, if you enjoyed yourself, you wouldn't mind coming back on in the future because my list is yeah. currently empty. Yeah, let me know whenever. I'll be back. Good. Oh, I love it when people come back. I've now gone through my entire list of people that want to be on the show. So if you want to be on the show, do get in touch. If you're a crazy person, I'll probably ignore. <laughs>
Uh, but if you're not but crazy... You, but you didn't ignore me. <laughs> you're, you're not... See, I can accept a certain level of crazy because I'm a little bit mental myself. But what I can't accept is, like, actual lunatics being weird. And, yeah, anyway. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> On that note, I shall see you all next month. Bye. Bye-bye. I got a bone a bit. I don't want you monkey mouth motherfucker sitting in my throne again. I'm mad, but I ain't stressing. True friends, one question. Bitch, where you and I was walking? Now I run a game, got the whole world talking. King Kunta, everybody wanna cut the legs off him. Kunta, black man taking no losses. Oh, yeah. Bitch, where you and I was walking? Now I run a game, got the whole world talking. King Kunta, everybody wanna cut the legs off him. When you got the yams, what's the yams? The yam is the power that beat. That beat, that beat, that beat, that beat. You can smell it when I'm walking down the street. Oh, yes, we can. Oh, yes, we can. I can dig rapping. But a rapper with a ghost rider. What the fuck happened? Oh, no. I swore I wouldn't tell. But most of y'all share bars like you got to buy the bunk in a two man sale. A two man sale. Something's in the water. Something's in the water. And if I got a brown nose for some gold, then I'd rather be a bum than a motherfucking bum. Oh, yeah. Bitch, where you and I was walking? Now I run the game, got the whole world talking. King Kota, everybody wanna cut the legs off. Of. King Kota, black man taking no losses. Oh, yeah. Bitch, where you and I was walking? Now I run the game, got the whole world talking. King Kota, everybody wanna cut the legs off. Of. King Kota, you got the yams. What's the yams? The yam running out of Richard Pryor. Five days times two, I was contemplating getting on stage just to go.